Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. This is the fourth Sunday in the season of Advent, and today I'd like to look with you at the fourth parable that I have selected in this sermon series on the four parable, four of the parables of Jesus. And uh, so far we've looked at the parables of the lost coin, the unjust steward, the unforgiving servant, and today I'd like to look with you at the parable of the humbled guest. And uh, Jesus, in this parable, is going to teach us about the true road to glory. Now, we live in a world where people are always seeking glory, dignity, exalted positions, high places for themselves, and they grab after it. For example, if you're a uh, football player, you want to be the number one quarterback in the NFL. If, you are a, uh, if you're a newscaster, you want to be the anchor in the nightly news. If you're in the military, you want to be the general. If you're in a business, you want to be the CEO. If you're a pastor, sometimes you want to be the pastor of the biggest church and the most influence. And even the disciples had this problem. It says in Luke 22, a dispute arose among them, a contention, a sharp argument. And what were they arguing about? as to which of them was to be regarded as the greatest, number one, the top apostle, the best, the best of the best. And that's what our culture is all about, the best of the best in all these shows. And that's what we're sucked into by the pride that's inside each one of us. And Jesus is teaching us today that uh, there is these people, are, <laughs> and we tend to seek the wrong road to glory, and we tend to seek the wrong glory. But he's going to teach us today in this parable about the right road to glory and about seeking true glory. So let's take a look today and see what Jesus would teach us through the parable of the humbled guest. This is found in Luke chapter 14, and we're beginning in verse 12. No, sorry, 7. Now he, had, he told a parable to those who were invited when he marked how they chose the places of honor, saying to them, when you are invited to a marriage feast, do not sit down in a place of honor, lest a more eminent man than you be invited by him, and he who invited you both will come and say to you, give place to this man. And then you will begin in the presence of all to take the lowest place with shame. But when you're invited, go and sit in the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, go up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. So there's the parable Jesus has for us today. And what can we learn from it? Well, the first thing I think we can learn is that Times are really no different today than they were back then. Today, people seek positions of honor and dignity among people. They want worldly fame and power. Same thing in the days of the Old Testament, or in the days of Jesus. For Take a look at the very beginning of this parable. It says, now he told the parable to those who were invited when he marked the choices of how they chose the places of honor. Where is Jesus telling this parable? He's not on a mountainside this time. He's not in a boat. He's not at sea. He's not in a synagogue. 
He's actually at a dinner party, and a very expensive and special one at that. Uh, Jesus, it says in Luke 14, verse 1, this is the context. It says, one Sabbath, when he went to dine at the house of a ruler who belonged to the Pharisees, they were watching him. And it's in this context that he gives us this parable. So this is no just ordinary dinner party. This is a Pharisee's house, and it's a chief of the Pharisees, a ruler, probably in the Sanhedrin, the ruling party of the Jews. So this is like going to the dinner of a congressman, and then you're going to go tell people about how they shouldn't be sitting in places of honor next to the congressman. Notice also, this is a hostile environment. It says they were watching him closely. In other words, the Pharisee didn't just say, oh, I really like your teaching, Jesus. Come tell us more. He says, oh, Jesus, I really, quote, like your teaching. Come on over. We're going to watch you and condemn you, parenthesis. We're looking for something wrong with you. So Jesus is very bold to rebuke them in this. And in this situation, at a Pharisee's house, the chief of the Pharisees, we got a whole bunch of people, religious attendees, who are clambering and grasping for positions of higher and higher power and glory. I mean, this guy's like a congressman. They're all over there. Please give me a, touch, a piece of pie of the stimulus package that you got from me. They want to get up as close to him as they can in places of honor. They're looking for worldly positions, probably religious people. Boy, if I get close to this bishop guy, maybe I'll get a bigger church. Maybe I'll get more power, title, worldly prestige. And you can just imagine Jesus, the Lord of life here, in this setting, looking around, just shaking his head when he sees people racing for dinner's about to start, and they're taking the places of the highest honor, seated next to the host, the chief of the Pharisees. And, uh, you know, in our world, it's the same way that this works. People are always seeking after positions of power, titles, and glory. If you're a quarterback in the NFL, you want to be the best in the NFL. If you're a CEO, a businessman, you want to be a CEO. If you're a military man, you want to be a general. My goodness, even if you bake pastries and cupcakes for a living, you want to be the cake boss. Have you seen that? Mia familia, you know? Now, it's okay to seek a top position if you're there to enjoy it, uh, to use your gifts and to serve others and provide for your family. But the way it usually works is people seek these positions because it looks pretty good on my resume to be standing there with all these titles and performance and, uh, and, and things behind my name, and worldly authority. And Jesus is there watching all this going on, just shaking his head. And then with a divine zeal and a holy courage, he stands up, in this crowd that's already against him and points out to them that this is wrong, that they ought not be seeking the high place. He says in verse 8, he says, When you're invited by someone to a wedding feast, don't sit down in a place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. And he who invited you both will come and say to you, Give your place to this person. Then you'll begin with shame to take the lowest place. Now, you need to understand Jewish culture in these days, very hierarchical, very much in terms of who's got honor, what class are you. And in a wedding feast, the host would be at the center, oftentimes on a U-shaped table. Whoever sits close to him 
<clears throat> they got the most honor, and that's what everybody covets and wants the number one position. But Jesus is saying, if you take the high position, in other words, if you overestimate yourself, if you put yourself forward, uh, grabbing for the highest position of honor, born of pride, then you're setting yourself up for disgrace. Because the host is going to come and say, what are you doing here? Go down there. Imagine like the story in, uh, in Naked Gun 3. You ever see, see that? Slapstick comedy? Where the queen... Uh, Elizabeth is going to a baseball game, and, uh, and they're moving the queen into the box seats at the front, and there's this bum sit kicking back with his feet up, popcorn and a beer in his hand, and unshaven. They're like, all right, move, move, move along, fella, move along. That's the kind of disgrace if people want to set themselves up in a position of honor to which they're not entitled. And that's going to be a disgrace for you if you go about exalting yourself. But what rather does he say in verse 10? But when you're invited, go and sit in the lowest place. In other words, when you're invited to a place where there's honor positions, take the place of janitor. Play, take the place of a maid, of a kitchen helper. And then when you take the lowest place so that when your host comes, he may say, friend, move up higher. What are you doing here? And then in the presence of everybody, they will see you move to a higher position. And he says, you'll be honored. So what is Jesus talking about here? Uh, in saying these things, he's really just preaching the Old Testament. In uh, Proverbs 25, it says this. Do not put yourself forward in the king's presence or stand in the place of the great. For it's better to be told, come up here, than to be put lower in the presence of the prince. Isn't that cool? We got the word of God himself in the flesh preaching the word of God to these people, telling them what ought to be done. But is Jesus just telling us about table manners here? I mean, we don't really care about that, do we? When we go over to the fellowship hall, we don't, got place, we don't have places of honor. It's just who's friendly with Don, and he shakes the little thing, and if your number comes up, you go, hooray, it's my table. And I'm always in the last table. Jesus isn't telling us about table manners. This is a parable of the kingdom. He ends it, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. In other words, this is about reality, about how it really works in the kingdom of God. So what is, it, what is the application to us? What's he saying? He says, if you want to take the path of pride and go about before God exalting yourself, commending yourself, setting yourself off as some religious great, seeking after worldly honor from among men, you are setting yourself up for disaster before God. Remember, Jesus is at the home of a Pharisee, a chief of the Pharisees, and these guys could never get it through their thick heads about what Jesus is saying. Mark 12 says, and in Jesus, in his teaching, he said, Beware of the scribes who like to go about in long robes, and like the greetings in the marketplaces and have the best seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at feasts who devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers, they'll receive the greater condemnation. In other words, you want to put yourself on top? God is going to bring you down. That's a good example right here. Whoever would receive one such child in my name receives me. 
A lot of people are indignant at little children. That's actually good. He's, she's crying out there. Because when a little child was brought into the presence of the disciples, they said, take these children away. They're not fitting for the presence of so honored a guest as the Lord. And Jesus said, don't send them away. Bring them here. Let the little children come to me, for to such belongs the kingdom. And he got down, he held them, he blessed them, he put, laid his hands upon them. Jesus was a humble king, but whoever exalts himself looks down on children, looks down on their fellow man, setting himself up for a big fall. Is this the case in your heart? You know, we all have this certain pride that wants to promote ourselves. Oh, how proud we get of our titles and what we've accomplished and who we are, and wouldn't it be great if we were higher? But of course, we need to remember that this is the parable of the kingdom. God is the host, you and I are the guests, and the wedding feast is the kingdom of God. And the wedding, I mean, the wedding host gets to decide where people are seated. And God will never have pride at his table. Did you know that? God's not going to have pride there. Try the devil. The devil, it says in Ezekiel uh, 28, you are the signet of perfection, God says, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Your heart was proud because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I exposed you before kings to feast their eyes on you. If you want pride and putting yourself forward, look at the devil and see what happened to him. He was not at God's table anymore, but put in the very lowest place. But that same kind of thing is in all of us, because when the devil tempted an Adam and Eve, he tempted them to pride in their heart. Be yourselves, gods. Seat yourselves at the highest place. Don't wait for him to set you up in a place of honor. Take the position and the seat yourself. And that same thing Luther says is in all of us. You want to hear a colorful quote from Luther about this? He says, in short... The misery and woe that one man would love to be the God of another comes from the apple in paradise, when Adam and Eve wanted to be gods in the devil's name. I love this. This apple, pride, lies heavy in everybody's stomach, causes constant belching, and will not be digested. <laughs> For every, even true saints still have at least some of the core in them. You know, you can uh, maybe preach a sermon, and you don't know how it comes off, people compliment you, and I'll tell you that's very comforting and encouraging to me because I need to know how it comes off. But then there's an immediate twinge, ah, that was pretty good. And then I immediately shot down, no, it's all the Lord's glory. And of course, the core of this apple is in all of us. And we need to understand pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. It's better to be of a lowly spirit with the poor than to, to divide the spoil with the strong. Do you know that in God's kingdom, it's assigned seating? You can't just take any seat you want. Jesus is telling you how to attain a, a, the high seat with him. It's through the road of humility. Consider the, uh, the sons of Zebedee. The mother of the sons of Zebedee came up to Jesus with her sons. Kneeling before him, she asked him for something. He said, what do you want? She said, command these two sons of mine may sit, one at your right hand and one at your left in the kingdom. <laughs> Give them places of honor. Set them on top. And Jesus says, you don't know what you're asking. 
Are you able to drink from the cup that I drink from? We're able, they said. He said to them, you will drink my cup, but to sit at my right hand and at my left is not mine to grant, but it's for those for whom it has been prepared by my Father. Do you know that in heaven it's assigned seating? It's for those to whom it's been, for whom it's been prepared by my Father. It says in Daniel, uh, last part of it, last verse, it says, But go your way, Daniel, till the end, and you shall rest and shall stand in your allotted place at the end of days. Jesus wants you, and well, he's, you're going to sit with him in honor on his throne. He wants you in places of honor. He tells you the road there is not the road of pride. Now, when you say pride, you have to be kind of British, don't you? You can't say it like an American. Pride. Eh, forget it. But pride. Pride. Like a British man. We're not to be self-exalting ourselves in this life by pride because before pride, uh, after pride comes dishonor, Jesus says. But rather, we should be seeking glory, though. Just not the wrong kind of glory. It says in Romans chapter 2, God will render to men, every man according to his works, to those who by patience and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, he will give eternal life. Seek for glory. It's a good thing, but you've got to seek not for worldly, fading, seasonal glory from men, which is an abomination in the sight of God, but we're to seek the glory that never fades, the one that comes from heaven, and it's not the man who commends himself that is accepted, but the man whom the Lord commands. We're seeking his great favor and blessing. And Jesus tells us the road to that is the road of humility. Jesus himself said, I don't receive glory from men, but I know that you have not the love of God within you. How can you believe who receive glory from one another and don't seek the glory that comes from the only God? If you seek the glory that comes from the only God, then you are one of God's children. This is the glory we want to seek, the one that is eternal. And Jesus says, he who speaks in his own authority seeks his own glory. But whoever seeks the glory of him who sent him is true, and in him there's no falsehood. What's the road to humility look like? A person who is humble never seeks his own glory, or his own. he doesn't want to be looked at. He's happy to be overlooked, but he loves to seek the glory of his God. In other words, that the cross would be glorified, that Jesus would be glorified through him. And this is the road that Jesus tells us to take. It's the road of humility. Again, he says in verse 10, But when you're invited, go and sit in the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, Friend, move up higher. Then you'll be honored in the presence of all who sit at table with you. So we had to take the form of a servant, of a janitor. Even if you're the CEO of a company, you're there to serve humbly before your God. And that goes, humility goes before honor. And God wants you honored. So he's telling you the road. It's the road of humility. Do you know that this even works in human life? Can I share a funny story with Betty Duda? She was telling me of when she went to Hong Kong. She was the head of the Lutheran Women's Missionary League. And she was going personally to deliver a check to the president of the Hong Kong Lutheran City. And, uh, you know, in, in China and those Hong Kong areas, uh, Anna, very important, right? <laughs> and so they invited her to a uh, 
to a very festal uh, gala, uh, fine dining, wonderful feast that they'd prepared for her while she's delivering this check. And they placed her in the highest table of all and the highest seat of honor amongst all. And uh, then she was sitting down to eat and and, uh, her interpreter said to her that it's custom in their country that nobody uh, can eat until the most honored guest has the first bite. And then they brought out and set before Betty an entire fish. I don't mean parts of a fish, the entire fish. And her job was to eat the eyeball of this fish. And until she ate that, no one could eat. And she said she looked around, and everybody had their forks in hand, ready to go. And she was like, ugh. Her stomach churned. She cries out, what am I to do to herself? And she says to God, help me, Lord. And her daughter, Linda, leans over and says, I want to see you get out of this one, Ma. And then she said, it came to her at once, in a moment. She said, I'm thankful for this great honor that you've bestowed upon me. But I think there's one here who has greater honor than I, the president of your own synod. I defer to him. And at this point, at once, the eyes of everybody got wide, their jaws dropped, and there was thunderous applause. They couldn't believe someone would give up the eye of the fish. And in taking the road of humility, of taking the role of servant, the low road, her glory in their eyes was magnified a thousand times. And so it is in God's kingdom. When we seek the the place of servant, the lowest place, the the place of of less honor and humility, it exalts us in God's eyes. For it says in the Psalms, The Lord, though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he knows from afar. He's near to the humble. He loves the humble, and he exalts the humble. Therefore, it says, before destruction, a man's heart is haughty, Proverbs 18. But humility goes before honor. This is the truth, my friends. If you are seeking honor, the honor that comes from the only God, the honor that never fades, the glory that never fades, the road to it, Jesus says, is not the road taken by the world, not that well-traveled path to self-glory, it's the road of humility, the road that our Lord Jesus Christ himself took when he was born among us of a virgin, of a very low family, of a very low income, in a very humble town, the most humble of all, Israel, Bethlehem, in the lowest place of the earth, And he went about without any money, without any clothing. He took the form of a servant, it says in in Philippians, though he was in the form of God, though he was equal with God. He took the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And he even became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. He humbled himself, lowest of all. And therefore, it says, God's highly exalted him, bestowed on him the name that's above every name, that the name of Jesus Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What is the road, friends? It's the road of humility. Two roads diverged in a wood, Robert Frost said. And I took the one less traveled by. And that's made all the difference. So how do we walk a humble path? 
It's not by stooping lower than you really are. It's just by realizing you got nothing to boast about. <laughs> okay? Just stand up on your own natural height and then compare yourself standing next to God. And you'll see just how small your greatness really is. Moses could part seas. Surely he has something to boast about, but it says he was the most humble man on the face of the planet. Why? Because he was next to God. He saw, I am nothing. And ultimately, we, we rejoice in that. We rejoice. There's nothing really in us to boast about. Nothing good dwells in my flesh. Fine. All my, we've all become like one who is unclean. And all our righteous deeds are like, a filthy, are like filthy rags. But what do we glory in? We who are humble, we who follow that path of humility. Not in ourselves. We're like the donkey on the way into Jerusalem. We're, crowds may cheer around us, but we rejoice that it's Jesus they're cheering for. And it's the path of the humble is this, to glory in Jesus, to seek bringing glory to him, and to defer all honor and power and might and even the eye of a fish <laughs> to him who is the head of all rule and authority. And seeking these things, taking the low place, the form of the janitor, the maid, the servant, no matter what your station in life, this is honorable in God's eyes. And therefore Jesus concludes this parable, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. So, you take the high road, I'll take the low road, and I'll be in heaven afore ye, where me and my Savior will never part again on those bonnie bonny banks of his kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes, sir. Ah, that's a good question. I left it out. Um, she deferred over to the president of the Hong Kong Lutheran Synod, and in Betty's own words, which she told me two days ago, she said, he lustfully ate the eye. 